Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome Greg Nigro to the show. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Jeremy. Happy to be here. Greg is the Director of Business Development at BlackBod. At BlackBod, business development is the same thing as sales development. And in fact, our topic today will be all about keeping SDRs engaged. If you don't know who BlackBot is, the official kind of tagline is that they support the social good community through a variety of goods and services. I usually do not ask guests to explain what that means, but since you're doing something for social good, give us a little bit of background on what that means. Sure, definitely. Yeah. So here at BlackBot, um, we've been a company for about 30 years, and really our main goal is to provide software for a variety of different organizations that support the social good. So when I say social good, think of traditional nonprofit organizations, think of homeless shelters and different types of outreach organizations into a community. But as we go beyond that, also think of hospitals and healthcare organizations, K through 12 schools, higher ed institutions, arts and cultural institutions. And recently we've even been going into corporations and selling employee giving and corporate social responsibility software, which is really cool as well. Well, in order to get to know you before we get into that topic of engaging SDRs, what's your favorite sales book of all time? And maybe one or two takeaways that would be relevant to a sales audience. One of the best books that I read, and I read it when I was in college, and it's kind of something I've really tried to live my life by, is a book called Managing Brand You by Jerry Wilson. And really kind of what it teaches you to do is is to learn about your beliefs and, and really try to portray those and make sure that you are staying true to them, not only you know in the workplace, but outside of the workplace, and that when you do feel challenged or if something's tugging at kind of what you feel as though might be beyond kind of what your core beliefs are to take a step back and say, okay, how is this impacting me? And, you know, is this okay? Or should I kind of stick to my guns here? You're not only a head of sales development, but you also carried a bag for a while. So you definitely have the street cred there. So I'd love to ask what sale in your career you were most proud of. For about three and a half, almost four years, I sold on our K through 12 schools team here at BlackBot. And so it was a really kind of exciting time in that role. We had really kind of beefed up our products and had acquired a company that really had some great tools to incorporate um, student information systems. So it went beyond just traditional fundraising and donor management, student information systems, online communities, learning management systems. And so it was fairly complex deals as you go into these larger institutions and show, you know, an entire school connected type mentality of what all these integrated software solutions might look like if they tackle it, right? And if they adopt something like this. And for a lot of these schools, it's it's their first time looking at something like this. What I really enjoyed was there was a school in actually Western Canada in Calgary um, that was primarily just a music school. So they were not a traditional school in any sense of the way. They had different types of classes, but they were more of an outreach organization that allowed underprivileged youth, the ability to actually go in and and learn to play an instrument. And they were struggling from a fundraising perspective and from an outreach perspective in terms of getting new students to enroll. And what I really liked was that we really started from the beginning with them, right? And we really said, okay, you know, where are you really struggling and how can we get you to their end goal? And what we found was they had the right hearts, they had the right minds, but they just did not have the right technology set up in a lot of different ways. And we were able to kind of build the vision for them, right? Of, hey, you know, if you feel as though you 
want to get people to start enrolling into the organization? Are you marketing to the right people? Are you fundraising to the right types of people? And what was really cool was that we were able to build that vision from the ground up for them and actually really be that partner, not just the vendor. What was the lowest point of that sales cycle? What was the hardest part that you had to climb back out of? You know, I would say at about the 90-yard line, they brought in three competitors. We were first to the table, which is great, and that's where you always want to be. And we helped them build this vision, and that's something I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about on the SDR side. When we were at about the 90-yard line, they brought in three different competitors, asked by their board, right, to say, hey, we need you to go out and evaluate a couple different folks. And there ended up being a lot more fodder, right, and a lot more questions that were kind of taking them away from, from their end goal, right, and, their, and the bigger vision that we built. And there was about a two to three week period where we thought we had lost this deal for reasons that were kind of beyond their core business issue. And what was cool was to basically take a step back and almost level set with them and say, hey, it seems as though we're getting off track here. Let's start from the beginning. And what are we trying to solve here, right? Are we getting stuck in buttonology? Are we getting stuck on some things that might not be critical to your core business issue? And are you really looking more for, you know, this end goal? And when we were able to really kind of take that step back we were able to kind of get them back on track and actually close the deal. So we sold not just on the critical business issues and what we were trying to accomplish, but also on the relationship that they built with BlackBot, right? They kind of saw the strengths that we had and the long-term relationship there was potential to have. So that was really exciting. And then definitely there were some low points there where we thought, okay, there's some fodder here. There's some back and forth. We need to get back to our core conversation. All right, well, let's get to the topic of the day, which is all about BDR and SDR engagement. I can definitely personally relate to this, but tell me why engagement is top of mind for you right now. Yeah. So here at BlackBot, we're in growth mode. Two years ago, we had a team of about 30 BDRs that supported both inbound and outbound. This year, we've started the year with about 70 BDRs. So it's been a ton of growth, which is really exciting. And as we've brought people on board, you know, we've had to scale and mature and firm up a lot of our processes and our tech stack and there's been a lot of change management. And in doing so, we need to make sure that our BDRs continue to feel supported and that engagement level is high and that they see the bigger picture. So that's been very top of mind for me, my managers, making sure that the BDRs understand that they're contributing to this larger organization and this larger goal. I guess this relates back a little bit to that way you think about branding and so on. You mentioned contributing to the larger goal. So does that mean kind of that mission of helping the social good community? Is that how you tie it together? It's that. And it's also understanding corporate goals, right? So a lot of times, especially on the BDR level, it's so easy to get stuck in the mundane tasks, right? And I actually, you know, in a BDR's first or second day, I come in and I talked about what I call the dial hangover, right? Which is totally a thing. You know, you come in, you make 60 to 80 dials a day, right? You have a certain amount of outreach each day, right? And you do the same thing the next day. And over time, it starts to wear on you a little bit, right? And it can be very tough, especially if you're seeing some low conversion rates or low pickup rates. And it's very easy to get stuck in your day-to-day structure. And what we want BDRs to really realize and understand is that every lead that they get or every phone call that they make, even if it's a no, or even if the phone just rings off the hook, They're contributing to these greater goals. And I actually kind of take a step back and I take them through a whole sales and marketing funnel of what our conversion rates look like to show them, hey, if you you make 150 phone calls over the course of two days, we anticipate that you'll get a lead on 20% of them. And from there, maybe 50% of those will be sales qualified and maybe 40% of those will be sold. 
And if we can kind of think about that and put some dollars to it, we can really show you the impact you're having to the bottom line of the company. So while it's so easy to kind of get lost in the weeds and kind of feel that dial hangover, when you kind of take that step back and say, hey, I might not get a yes here, but if I get a yes on this next call, you know, there's a 10% chance that this is going to be, you know, a $50,000 deal for BlackBot, right? And we're going to be contributing to this organization who probably has a pain that they don't even know about yet. And we're going to be able to get to their core business issue to help them, you know, increase enrollment at their school or better serve their communities, right? Or provide more affordable health care for their low-income areas of the city. So really kind of taking that step back really kind of helps us show the bigger picture to them. I found a lot of SDRs, like, all they really care about is getting to AE as fast as humanly possible. And everything else is basically a distraction. Just for starters, is that just my experience? Are you seeing that also? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that about 80% of our BDRs are moving into an AE here at BlackBot. I would say the other... 15% probably move into marketing, so like a demand marketing kind of structure. But, you know, based on how we recruit and the type of career interest of the majority of the BDRs that we see, a lot of them move into that AE org and they want to go quick. Absolutely. This is a not atypical pattern, right? Which is we hire an SDR, BDR, we train them. Eventually, they're they're kind of kick-ass. They reach the, let's say, eight-ish month mark. They call a prospect and they're so good that the prospect offers, you know, says, hey, do you want to come be a, an AE here? And then at the eight-month mark, they give notice and become an AE. We don't actually want to promote an SDR at eight months because we know that the failure rate of SDRs who are promoted super early is very high. So we'd be doing them a disservice. And we actually kind of feel empathy for them because they're going to go somewhere where the data says if you go become an AE after eight months as an SDR, you know, your tenure is probably very, very short. Yeah. At least in my time in this seat, I've not seen that specific circumstance where someone has gone to another role. But I absolutely agree that time in seat as a BDR is incredibly important as you take that next step into an AE role. And it's something we've actually been doing a lot of studying on and working internally here with our sales enablement team, our HR team, our different sales managers to kind of craft that a little bit more to make sure that we're preparing SDRs and BDRs to move into that next role when they're ready. It's not just to help the company, it's also to help the BDR in their overall career if we let them go early, right? Or if they do move to a different company to become an AE simply for the title or for the shadow OTE on target earnings, there is a potential that we're doing them a disservice. What have you guys set as a sort of average expectation for how long it takes someone to get promoted at Blackwad? I've been at BlackBot for about eight years now. For as long as I can remember, the required tenure was 12 months. And even before that, we had exceptions being made here and there, right? Hey, this is a great BDR. We have an open seat on this specific vertical where we need an all-star who's great at prospecting, right? And we had some BDRs move as quick as eight to nine months. And over the past year or so, we've done a lot of digging and have really looked at the productivity of BDRs as they move into AEs to look at success, right? And we really tracked it based on time and seat, um, their quota attainment as a BDR, how fast were they able to actually ramp as an AE, how fast were they able to become productive as an AE, and how fast were they actually able to hit quota. And what we really found was, while quota was obviously the most important factor of a BDR in terms of their ability to become successful as an AE, the second most important thing was time and seat. 
you know, we had some folks who hit quota every month as a BDR, but once they became an AE, if they were moved early after eight months, it was too early. They were drinking from a fire hose. They were having uncomfortable conversations that they weren't ready to have yet. And honestly, we probably did them a disservice by letting them go a little early. And so what we've done is we've taken a step back. We've read some studies like just like the one you mentioned from the Bridge Group. We also worked with some outside consultants. And what we've really determined is that, you know, 18 months is now our new requirement for a BDR to be in seat before they move into an account executive role. And we made that switch actually January 1st, 2020. So all new BDRs joining BlackBot as of January 1st will be required to be in seat for 18 months. But in kind of tying in our engagement factor that we know is incredibly important and what we've been talking about, we want BDRs and SDRs to understand that the 18-month requirement is for their own good. And what we want to make sure they see is that we're going to be establishing a full program to get them better prepared to move into an AE role. So once they do move into an AE role, they're making even more money. Well, as you're shifting from a 12-month expectation to an 18-month expectation, what sorts of things are you putting in place to get SDRs over the hump for that extra six-month window? Yeah, and that's been something that was super important for us, right? So even before we rolled out the 18-month announcement you know, to the BDRs, we said, hey, we need to have a true plan in place. We want this to be a win for the company, right? Because they're going to continue to generate leads, but also it's going to be a win for them for their career progression, right? And a win for them in terms of career development, skill development. So we've actually hired a manager of BDR enablement and training here at BlackBot. His sole role is to make sure that over a BDR's 18-month time period in seat, they are continuously learning and preparing for sales. So what he has done is actually put together an 18-month program where after they're onboarding, each month they're going through different classes to learn how to prospect, and then after prospecting, learning how to do discovery, and then after discovery, learning how to negotiate pricing and making sure that we're proving ROI. What's been really cool about this is that we've been able to show this and kind of show out almost a full schedule to BDRs who are entering the company and knowing that there's going to be an 18-month commitment and seeing, hey, I can actually really kind of grow my skill set. So when I become an AE, I'm ready to hit the ground running. So it's been fun to actually build out some of these agendas and criteria and roll these out to the BDRs. And it's been a win for them because they're gaining that important skill set, but also they are being more successful in their SDR role at the same time, right? So, hey, I just took a whole class on how to leave a voicemail, or I just took a whole class on how to get past the gatekeeper. They're able to go back and sit right back down in their seat and start making additional phone calls. I'm curious, the person that you put into the role, where did they come from? Were they external? Were they internal? He's been at BlackBot for about five years, primarily in our business development team, and has kind of grown with us, right? So he started as a BDR and then took on a manager business development role where he managed a set of BDRs and, and team leads. And as our team grew substantially, we realized, hey, we need someone to, to kind of work across all teams, right? And not have any direct reports, but really spend their time focusing on enablement. And so he went from maybe having 15 direct reports to having no direct reports, but really focused on that enablement piece. You know, he's always been a great prospector, a great seller. And so his ability to kind of coach and be that cheerleader is incredibly important. I do wonder that person inside of BlackBot, inside of Salesloft and elsewhere, if they come up through the ranks of the SDR world into SDR manager and then move over, 
I think they're going to be amazing at coaching SDRs to be great SDRs. But to your point, in that last six months, a lot of the training is actually coaching them to be sellers for when they move over. So I do think there's some learning to do to just get really, really smart on the selling piece. But you know, the good news is that there's plenty of solutions out there to record AE phone calls and then listen to them and dissect them to figure out what's working and what's not working. So I think that's a good way for them to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, you know, we have a, a nice sales enablement function here at BlackBot that's that's a couple of years old. And so we've been really folding him into their training and making sure that he's in lockstep with everything they're doing for the AEs so that when a BDR moves into that AE role, they're already ahead of the game and understand what our sales enablement team is already teaching. What other things do you just do in the sort of normal course of business to to keep the team, you know, cohesive and inspired and motivated? Yeah. So the first thing is we call it our QCF, our quota crushing fridge. So right as soon as someone um, hits quota, we have that stereotypical bell that rings. We have a big fridge in my office where someone can go and grab a beer, right? So little things like that, that kind of keeps them uh, motivated throughout the day. And then we have different spiffs, you know, different, we, we really try to make it fun, right? We need to make sure that folks are laughing and, you know, the spiffs, the, um, the additional ways to keep folks engaged is so important. If you could only track one metric, what would it be? our opportunity to sales accepted rate. That's really what we think is one of the most critical aspects to measuring the BDR strength is it's that nice mix of quality and quantity that I know every SDR and BDR manager has to have. If people want to get to know you a little bit better or learn a little bit more about BlackBot, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm on LinkedIn. So you can just search Greg, G-R-E-G, Nigro, N-I-G-R-O on LinkedIn. Um, I've had some great conversations on there. And then obviously check out BlackBot's website. We're doing a ton of thought leadership for those who are in the nonprofit or corporate philanthropy space. So yeah, check us out. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.